Welcome to the C3 Church Watson podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. We've been doing the series called Blessed, as you heard. It's based on the Beatitudes, and um, I get to wrap it all up at the end with the best one of all from Matthew chapter 5 and verse 10. Blessed are those who are persecuted. All right. Thanks, guys. You can all go home. No, no. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. It feels really blessed when they get insulted. I was watching some of the supporters at the football yesterday and thinking, wow, you guys don't hold back. You just go for it. You know, they show close-ups after the refs made a decision. They say close-ups of the people right on the edge of the field. They're all going... (laughs) I'm like, wow, I don't know what you're saying, but I can feel it. (laughs) Um, I've read this verse many times, and, you know, I've had some low-level persecution. Low-level. I've been mocked. I've been insulted for my faith many times, and that's persecution. But, you know, I've never been beaten in the public square but that's happening somewhere in the world right now. I've never been thrown in prison for my faith, but that's happening in the world somewhere right now. I've never been stoned to death, as you can tell, because I'm very much alive. Um, But even people rejecting you from friendship, oh, well, once they find out you're a Christian, oh, well, (laughs) they just avoid you and they don't return your calls and it just dies and you go, wow, harsh. Um. People ridiculing you in university tutorials. Anyone ever had that? Like unis are a hotbed of um, anti-faith sentiment. So (laughs) it's a brave person who pops up their head and says, oh yeah, I believe in Jesus at a university tutorial. (laughs) Best have some protective headwear on at the time. Um, When God shows me favour so that I succeed at work, You know, sometimes colleagues don't react all that great. Involuntarily, they're like throwing me under the bus. They're like, you know, trying to undermine me, believe it or not. Um, Because, I don't know, they feel jealous or whatever's going on inside their head, I don't really know. But the blessing sometimes brings some negatives along with it. Think Joseph. Think Daniel. So, whenever I've been in that situation, I don't feel particularly blessed. So um, that makes me, whenever I read the Bible and it doesn't make sense to me, it makes me scratch my head and wonder, maybe I don't understand it properly. Not, it's obviously not true, but what more do I need to understand about it? Because it is true. So there must be something I'm missing. That's my default reaction. Other translations use the word happy. You know, someone starts making fun of me and I'm just happy. The original Greek word that's used there, when the Bible was first written down in Greek, is makarios. Makarios. comes from the root word mak, which is actually all about extension, like putting extension on your house. It means to stretch out or extend. Just remember that verse from the prophets in the Old Testament, stretch out your tent pegs, expand the place of your dwelling. So if I think about that verse more like 
When you're persecuted, you'll be stretched to your limits. You'll need to get desperate. You'll need to seek me so that I can build more patience into you and more character into you and you will literally be a bigger person because of it. Then it makes sense to me. That kind of blessed. Blessed as in I've got bigger capacity now. We used to uh, have a caravan and we would go to the caravan park and stay there regularly. It was a fixed one, you know, you just go where it is. And um, some new neighbours moved in out the back when we first met. Got along famously, started hitting it off great because he was a kind of blokey, down-to-earth kind of guy. Loved talking about car racing and sport and that sort of stuff. So we're, you know, having a good old time. And then as the conversation moves around to, as it always does, so what do you do? Oh, well, I work in car, blah, blah, blah. What about you? Well, I'm a pastor. He did not want to know me after that. Started avoiding us, didn't want to talk to us. And it really um, made it awkward when at stupid o'clock in the morning, I can't remember, it was like two o'clock in the morning or something, they're still up drinking and yelling and, and the walls are paper thin. Like they might as well have been standing next to our bed making that noise because we could hear it just as clearly so I get up and pull on some shorts and wander around there and dang, bang on the thing. And I have the nerve to ask them if they could pipe down a bit because, you know, it's normal that people are asleep at the moment. Lots of people around you trying to sleep, not just me, but anyway, thank you. And the next morning, um, we can hear her talking on her phone to someone else because the walls are paper thin. And she's not keeping her voice down or anything. She's going, yeah, well, it was all fine until last night when Jesus Jones over here is going, blah, 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 blah. And I went, wow, well, I've been called a lot of things. But that's the first and only time I've ever been called Jesus Jones. Does anyone know who Jesus Jones is? It's a recording artist. But anyway, Jesus Jones, that's a good one. Hey, do I ever feel the temptation to go over there and smack someone's head in? Believe it or not. I am not immune from that temptation. (laughs) I'm not immune. But I am not the temptations I resist. Neither are you the temptations you resist. The sin that's most attractive to you does not define you in any way. Because if you resist it, it never has anything. Even though it keeps coming, it doesn't define you at all. I don't give in to the resentment and the anger. I don't even give it the time of day. Take it to God. Under pressure, I control myself and I redirect the energy instead. I meditate on his word that tells me I've got a different spirit inside me. You know, that's one he implanted in me. And that is a spirit of power and love and self-control that's the kind of spirit i've got in me and i know that because his word tells me he put it there so anything else i would do that's not that way would be kind of contrary to my nature that he's given me. it would be like you know acting outside of character that went down pretty well um at the time it happened i was telling emily about this beatitude and um, she was younger then, much younger then, but she's sitting on the couch and when he said, Jesus Jones, I kind of looked at Emily and she kind of looked at me and we went, wow. 
Because it goes on in verse 12 to say, I can rejoice when this happens because it literally creates treasure in heaven for me. I was explaining to her, look, if I just wear it, right, if I just cop it and I keep my attitude right, stay sweet, if I just cop it sweet, the reward is mine. So if I react by swearing back at them or, you know, threatening to take them to court for slander or going over there and punching someone's head in, then I void my reward. Everybody say, cop it sweet. You can consider that the title of this message. When facing persecution, just cop it sweet. Cop it and keep your attitude right and stay sweet. It says there, theirs is the kingdom. So people who are persecuted, theirs is the kingdom. There's something going, big, going on around everything that's bigger than just this split second and what's happening right now. It's really healthy practice for, it to, for us to be able to zoom out and go, hey, what's the big picture here? But in the moment, it's really hard to do. There's more at stake than whether or not I look good at the moment. <laughs> but there's more at stake than that. Embarrassment is actually a manifestation of pride. Because it's all about you. It's all about you. If someone says something derogatory about me in front of other people, if I get embarrassed and humiliated, that's all about me. I assume the whole world is about me. That's why I'm embarrassed. It's totally devastating. There's no bigger picture. There's no bigger plan. But if I don't get embarrassed and I'm actually fine, interesting things start to happen. Really interesting things. I start to see that other person differently. Even the person who's attacking me, I see them differently. Instead of just seeing them with blind rage, like I've got to defend myself, I start to see them, really see them. And I realise that they can't help it. They're just being used innocently, if you like, as a pawn in a game by forces that they don't even, they're not even aware of. So it's kind of not their fault. They're just lemmings. <laughs> Who knows what lemmings are? Nobody, okay. When using an analogy, make sure it's common knowledge. God starts to give me insight into their pain and their struggles so I can react out of compassion instead of anger. And that ability to stay calm and react well is the kingdom. It is. Think about Jesus. The perfect reaction every time. Even when he was angry, it's because it was the right thing to do and he had decided to be angry. It was premeditated anger because anger was the correct response, not flying off the handle anger. So that is the kingdom, the ability to react right, even when we're dealing with persecution. One small disclaimer, there is a difference between being persecuted because of righteousness and being just plain annoying. If you're an objectionable person, who makes everyone around you feel uncomfortable, that's not the same thing. And please keep it a secret that you're a Christian. Because, you know, we've got enough reputation problems as it is. And it's not actually what I'm preaching about at all. 
You know, nobody likes me at work. Well, maybe you could be friendlier. And using your faith as a reason to get in everybody's face, you know, will attract some reactions that seem very similar to what I'm talking about. It's a fine distinction, but it's a very important one. A great example is swearing. Both Louise and I don't swear much ourselves. But when we're dealing with others, (laughs) but when we're dealing with others, we don't even mention it, right? We don't even talk about it. We just listen. You know, we've met you, I've just met you at a party for the first time. We're both having a beer and we're having a chat and you are swearing your head off and and that's the way you do conversation. Okay, I just listen through all of the noise for content and meaning and engage with that and I don't even mention it. Why should I? It's none of my business how that person lives their life. It's not my job to control their behaviour, tell them how offended I am at what they've just been saying after talking to us for a while or, or knowing us for months at work, people realise we're Christians, then they start to self-edit. <laughs> we never asked them to. We never even mentioned it. That's the Holy Spirit convicting them about something rather than our judgment condemning them. You can still preserve a relationship with someone when it's not you saying anything. It's just a response coming from inside of them. You can maintain the friendship as you travel along and while the Holy Spirit's doing that work. But if you judge them, wow, ain't no relationship left. (laughs) Anyway, moving on. I've got students in my classroom who do the, the, you know, basic core work really fast and then just want to sit there for 30 minutes and fool around on their phone and do nothing. They're happy just to cruise. But you know what I do to them? I persecute them. I stretch them. I'm not content for you to do that. I'd like to see you challenged. I'd like to see you grow. I persecute them. That's what persecute means. Sometimes they like it, but most of the times they just want me to leave them alone. (laughs) Just let me cruise along the middle, but God doesn't settle either. He wants to make you bigger. He wants you to be a person who can handle more. He wants you to be a person who could supervise more staff. That's what he wants. He's like me, an annoying teacher. He doesn't even necessarily bring the persecution, but he can use it. He goes, oh, that's nice. I'll leverage that. People say, some people say to me, who don't understand their Bible at all, God makes you sick. And I say, that's ridiculous. But I know what you mean because even when you get sick and God had nothing to do with it, he can still use it because he can use anything. You know, you stub your toe because you weren't watching where you were going. God didn't do that to you. But he can use the injury to show you something brand new. Sure, he can use persecution that came from somewhere else and he does genesis 37 verse 3 in the story about ah there it is excellent who reckons these guys up the back with the screens do an amazing job i do it says israel loved joseph 
He had a favourite son. He was the favourite in the family out of all the kids. <laughs> Favour. Verse 4 says his brothers hated him, couldn't even speak respectfully to him, and when he told them about his dream, they hated him even more. Persecution. They even considered murdering him. So this is pretty strong persecution. Did God bring it? Did God bring that persecution to Joseph? Doesn't look like it did to me. With Jonah, who was being disobedient, God said, go there. He said, no way, I'm going over here. It says in the Bible that God provided a storm. That's persecution God brought. But this persecution isn't. Joseph was just really unwise in the way he shared his dream with exactly the wrong people who already hated him. They were already jealous of him. He was young, inexperienced, zero discernment, kind of a doofus really. You could even say he brought it on himself. Can God still use it for his purpose when we bring it on ourselves? Yes, he can and he does. I know, I brought some stuff on myself and he used it. Even after he'd showed me, you did this to yourself, buddy. He still used it. Can he use it for his purpose when we just attract negative attention through nothing in particular we did either? It just came from outside. Someone decided to have a go at us. Can he use that? Yeah. God's purpose is the best thing to focus on when times are tough. If you feel like your boss hates you or your colleagues out to get you or your fellow students won't contribute to the group work or your neighbours being nasty for no reason, a hundred other forms that persecution can take, remind yourself of God's plan. Remind yourself of God's purpose. Because he's sovereign and his purpose comes about no matter what. No matter what speed hump comes up, his purpose will stand. So, you know, if you can look beyond the speed hump and go, hang on, remind myself, God's purpose, that's right, and just keep going. Mm. Some people are really relating to this. This morning, you're going, yeah, yeah, I'm right in the middle of persecution right now. Got a word for you from Nahum 1, chapter 9, and it says this. The Lord will bring to an end, and trouble will not come a second time. Just letting you know that, if that's you, and you're feeling persecuted right now. God can use opposition to make you stronger. When I visit the gym, I don't get stronger by facing no opposition. I don't put the machine on zero and get stronger. Hmm? It's the opposing force that creates the strength in me. We all need resistance in our lives so we can change and grow and get bigger and get better and move on. So all I ever want is that the problems I deal with next year will not be exactly the same problems I'm dealing with now. You know, that I will have (laughs) obviously got that little bit wiser or (laughs) something and I will be facing different things next year the story of joseph i have no idea how we're going for time the story of joseph is about remaining faithful through some very negative things all along the way and doing your best in every season no matter what just because things are negative doesn't mean you have to get negative about it it's actually just like a battery it's the combination of the negative 
and the positive in you that creates the power. So when you react to negatives by reminding yourself of God's promise and staying positive, power gets unleashed. So when you don't let persecution affect your activity, you just keep doing the same thing. When you don't let it affect your ministry, you just keep showing up and you keep doing the same thing and you keep serving God. You're sort of sending an awesome message to the prince of the power of the air. You're sort of going, uh, no matter what, um, you're wasting your time. Uh, I do not surrender. I do not give you permission to influence my attitude. It says, you're powerless to stop me from reaching my destiny. Sorry. Wrong address. Take a hike, buddy. All right, we'll finish with this. This last thing. How to react when people say false things about you. That, that verse said, blessed are you when people tell all sorts of falsehoods about you. When you're accused of something and it kind of happens behind your back, so by the time it arrives at you, it's already festered because it's been discussed. Have you ever had that? And you're like, blindside, where did this come from? And how's it got so much, you know, so much air in it already? It's really feels like you get kicked in the stomach it's really confronting and it's really hard to deal with i want to talk to you about fred fred says that you blah 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 you know what i mean anyone ever been in that situation no it's just me me and amanda okay (laughs) someone makes a complaint about you a formal complaint or just an informal complaint they just mention something to your supervisor or Maybe it's your supervisor who's complaining about you or maybe it's a, an, a subordinate who's complaining or maybe it's a customer or something. It's happened to me, it's happened to Louise, it's happened to dozens of other people we know. It's not the end of the world, but boy, it feels pretty cr- um, crook when you're in the middle of it. Our advice is always the same, pray. Start praying about it. Pray that God will guard your reputation. He can do stuff behind the scenes that you're not capable of and he can shut it down pray that he'll make sure that the truth comes out that is people who are making stuff up get exposed as having made stuff up that's okay it's okay to pray like that we pray like that all the time and it can it happens they get exposed and pray that if vindication comes it comes from god's hand at work in the situation not from you having to defend yourself at all and pray that any false statements about you will just fall flat. They won't even be credible. People won't even believe it. It'll just kind of die. This whole thing will just lose all steam and just fall flat on the ground. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au. We hope to see you in church again this weekend.